live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. There's the snap. Rodgers back to throw. Avoids the rush. The pass is intercepted by San Diego State at the 40-yard line. And that's it. Here's Carr back into the gun. In trouble. Going to get hit from behind. Sack fumbled. Ball's loose. Scooped up by the Raiders. That's going to do it. Uh, When it rains, it pours. Baker front court. Baker gets pushed down. No call. And a loose ball. No. Oh, my gosh. The Rebels have the game absolutely stolen from them. That was absolute larceny. It's time for Cofield and Company. With Steve Cofield and Willie Ramirez on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Twin Peaks on a Monday. Cofield, Willie. Adam Hill's actually sitting in. Adam Hill's sitting in with us here at Twin Peaks. we got Monday Night Football coming up in just a little bit. Let's do it. It's trending at two. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Well, you hear the highlights coming in of what was uh, mostly, outside of one organization, a rough weekend. I'll say with UNLV, a lot of close games. Uh, but I'm also going to tell you later, I'm, I'm seeing a little bit too much settling when it comes to football and basketball and I don't know, maybe it's because they're a little lower in the pecking order and people are like, well, good job, good effort. I think both programs are beyond good job, good effort, so we'll get to that. There's no good job, good effort with the Raiders. That was horrendous. And then we're hearing kind of the same blather we've heard the last few years when the team has fallen apart down the stretch. First of all, Willie, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm a little shook, though. Um, Why are you shook? Well, right before the show, I used the restroom, and some lady poked her head in and didn't realize that it was the men's room. You know, it says the sign says sit to pee and stand to be, and I guess she didn't understand it, but she came strolling in. So, anyway, everything else is good besides that. It happens. Sure. You've never used the wrong one? Ever? No. I told a pretty frightening story about it. Not here. I've never actually. Yeah, it it was... uh, I, I I ran into a restroom uh, in, in an emergency situation one time. Oh, and uh, it was here in town at a at a store, and I, then I realized pretty quickly I was in the wrong one. There's nothing I could do about it. Now I've been told, like I'll go into let's say a convenience store, and they'll say, and someone's got the key, and they'll go take that. That's different because it's a one stall setting setting, sure. and you, you know you're going in. But no, anyway, no big deal. I mean, hey. Teach its own. Happens. Come on in. It's a party at Twin Peaks. It's a great place. I, I actually was, I was on the way over here from Raiders facility, and some people were asking me about it. Like, yeah, how good is that spot on Monday? And I was like, it's good every night. Like, yeah, it's a great place. It's a great place to watch games. The, the patio is awesome. Um, you know, right now it's the, the weather is actually perfect. Sit out on the patio and uh, TVs everywhere. It's great. It's a great spot. So great for Monday Night Football, but also great all the time. The different themes, the young ladies, camouflage day, it's lingerie day. I feel like you're lacking fire today. You usually get me. You get on me on Mondays. What's going on with you? You're thinking ahead since tonight. You're real busy. You got basketball coming up. No, I'm, no I'm week. Fi- you got I know. A Paisley collar on. I expect you to be freaking. I'm ready. Shooting I'm flames right now after the Raiders game. I, oh, you guys both had to watch that. Yeah, what we, is going on? I not only had to watch the Raiders. I had to sit through UNLV San Diego State. I had to good sit game. through. It was a good game. 
some questionable calling. Game, play calling. called for a victory, and he got let yeah. down. Yeah, I was not happy about that. Got the cover, though. Um, had the predicted final, or close to it. It wasn't exact. I was looking for a 27-23 final. Raiders were blasphemous. Golden Knights are winning. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. Golden Knights are winning, though. Sure. I don't know if that's the right term. I don't think blasphemous is correct. It was embarrassing. Debacle. Everything about them right now is pure blasphemy. Okay. That's fair. Adam's been to more events in the last three days than most. (laughs) That's not a very – I mean, that's – it's a, it's a, it's true, but it's not a very high bar. Like, yeah, most people have probably been to zero events. <laughs> most media members. That's fair. Adam's not one of those guys who whines about too many events. He just no. shows up. He just shows up and uses those free press passes right. and maybe yeah. free parking. Ah, uh, uh, tickets park. last night. Oh yeah, tickets. Yep. Are you tweeting from the crowd? Yep. I thought you were uh, in the. Actually, that's I wouldn't right. have you been tweeting the way I was tweeting if I was media. Yeah, I was wondering. You were you were very frustrated. Anyway, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, let's stick on the Raiders. So. What was, what was your take, Adam, on some of the words after the game, and then uh, you know what they were, what they were addressing, which was another just El Flapo on the field, and it looked like a carbon copy of some of the stuff that happened last year on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it, I mean, we're seeing again. I think the theme that we've heard, we've heard from a lot of players, a lot of coaches, the last couple of weeks is this isn't last year, this isn't two years ago. But we also heard the same thing last year that this isn't last year. Um, we, we always keep hearing that, but it keeps being the same thing. A good start to the season, um, exceeding expectations, promising team, and then the second half just falls apart. And, you know, as much as everybody said it's not the same, it's kind of the same. It's looking the same. It's been three pretty listless efforts in a row. It's been three efforts that I thought kind of lacked passion, la- lacked a sense of urgency, I think, is the, uh, the thing that I've really noticed of, you know, where is, like, the – like, hey, we like let's make something happen. It's like, all right, well, we're down 10. All right, let's get out. Let's have a drive. All right, now we're down 17. All right, let's go and have – like, no, like, there's no urgency. There's no, like, let's get this corrected. Let's get this fixed. You don't see that from the team. Now, you heard it a little bit, like, in the press conference from Derek Carr. Um, said, you know, I, I go back a lot longer than eight years. I go back 20 years as a fan, and I'm sick of this. Well, like, it doesn't – they're trying. Like, they're trying their best, but that's that's not always enough, and it doesn't look like – like I said, that sense of urgency is there. There's no, like, get this fixed, get this fixed. Like, you don't see that on the field. It's happening. I'm not saying that it's not, but the, there's just no signs of that uh, that are going on right now, and I think that's probably what's frustrating uh, for a lot of people. Not only that, but second half of the season collapses have become the thing with this team, but in reality, they've lost five of seven since a 3-0 and start. So this started just after the first quarter of the season, and, yes, they went through what they went through, but they're the ones that came out and said, we have to put this behind us. We're professional athletes. we professional football players and next man up and blah, 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 blah. So they're the ones that sort of quashed all of us when we came in saying, you know, how do you play through this? the, distra- the off-field distractions? And they said, no, 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 no. We're, we, we, you know, we got this, basically. Um, and they obviously don't. The defense, I will say, came out fired up yesterday and played a good first half. And I just think that, once again, the offense is on and off the field. The defense is getting tired. And then eventually the Bengals just wore them down and took advantage. I mean, there was a stretch from the Kansas City game to yesterday where they had failed on third down 14 straight times. They're now like one of 
whatever, 16, I think, the last two, or two of 16, 17, the last two games. They're horrendous. Two, two of 16 over the last two games. Two of 16 over the last two games. And um, they ranked in the top 10 in third down conversion when Gruden was coaching. So that has fallen off. Um, I personally, you know, Rich Bisacci might be a great. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stop right there and say my favorite part of that stat because when you say that, I know what a lot of people have said because I've seen it when I've tweeted it, when I put it on um, social media. Oh, yeah, well, they had it was shorter distances. It's easier to get third and ones than third and threes. Their average distance to go on third down has been lower under Basaccia than it was under Gruden. And under Gruden, they were in the top 10% of making it, or top 10 in the league of making it on third down. And now they're 31st, I believe, in the league the last five games. So it's, in the, so it's a pretty distance. simple narrative. No John Gruden, less success. Well, so everyone who, after the first couple of weeks, is like, good riddance, addition by subtraction, Olsen's fine. Maybe John Gruden actually brought something to the table. And Maybe you remember John- what, what I said after that when they had, they had when they were really good those first couple weeks, I was like, what I want to say all the time. It's the backup quarterback thing. Oh, that backup quarterback looked great. Right, with no tape, sure. So, like, yeah, Olsen had the advantage of coming in yep. and people not knowing his tendencies necessarily, not knowing what he was going to call, and then after a couple weeks – it was kind of figured out a little bit, and that's that's what happens all the time with backup quarterbacks, with you know, with new coaches and that sort of thing. And I think we're seeing it. And who told us that, Adam, in that back conference room when it was you, myself, Heidi, and Ed on a conference call? Vic Fangio. We sat there for that Denver game. We asked him, and he said, "Yeah, we we know. I've known Greg. He's a friend of our friend of mine." And um, remember when he called briefly for Jacksonville, but. You know, we're, it's going to be tough because we have no film of when he did it. And we all talked about that, that he's going to come out and have, be at an advantage that first game. And the next game, you know, the, uh, they were able to. And, and I think I was the only one on the conference call. Who's Philly's uh, coach? I can't think. Sirianni. Yeah, yeah I was the only one to end up on the conference calls because it came out at the exact same time as, as a media availability at the facility. And he had said. Yeah, that we have game film, so now we are a little bit more of an advantage than the Broncos were, but still, it's an, and you know it's 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 still a it's fresh, and we don't know what to expect. And at then as as the games you know progressed, teams were able to see how they were going to call it. And I think personally, what I was going to say before, Sachi may be a nice guy. We've heard the feel good quotes, but. I think he's in over his head at this point. That's going to be my expression exactly. I, and, I, and I like, listen, I like Rich Passaccia. I, I think um, there's a reason people gravitate to him. There's a reason that, pe- that he's so beloved around the league by anybody that's been around him. He seems like a great guy. I don't think he was ever ready for this job. I don't. I, I think he, he's always wanted to be a head coach. I think that's part of what's in the coach's DNA and what he wants to do. And, and everybody wants to strive to be at the top of their profession. But I don't think he wanted this opportunity. I don't think – like, this would have never been the one that you choose to not only step in the middle of a season under controversy with John Gruden, but also with everything else going on off the field with the Raiders. Like, this is this is the, the first opportunity as a head that nobody wants. And, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate for him to be in this situation, but I don't think he's – you know, I, I don't think he's cut out. I don't think he's the one for it. And I think absolutely he's been in over his head. Raiders now 5-5. Five and five. We fought, against, we fought against the, hey, the second half, how do they bounce back? Is the season over? We all fought against it, and then they laid an egg 32-13 against Cincinnati. We'll continue breaking down the game. Adam Hill sitting in with us. It's Willie, Ramirez, and Cofield here at Twin Peaks getting ready for Monday Night Football. 
Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 2. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. I don't know if Derek would think he's been in sync, obviously, the way we've been playing on third down. And, uh, you know, there's been some reasons for it. Uh, certainly, we've got a little bit of push in his face a little bit, and we have to look at that. And I don't think any of us have been in sync. So, to, again, if you want to blame one person, you know, it's a side to us coming up with a solution. So I think we all have to do better. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Rich Passaccia last night? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I would hope he spoke that, today, too. Well, I would hope that wasn't today. No. Because he still sounded kind of confused and without answers. Well, which, which is not a, you know, not a great look for a head coach. Uh, it wasn't that much different today, I, I would say. I mean, one of the things I really want to pin down, they, they've been so, we, we addressed how bad they've been on third down. Well, how many downs are in football? There's four. I mean, you could go for it occasionally. Um, now, I, I, I would be interested in a real answer um, of whether not going for it on certain fourth downs is because, hey, our offense can't pick up a third down. They're not going to pick up a fourth down. Or how much of it is just he doesn't believe in, you know, math. Uh, but there was, you know, I, I know Edge Sports, which does coach rankings every week, uh, ranked his decision to punt the fourth worst coaching decision uh, of the week uh, on, a, on a fourth and one in the third quarter. Uh, they're also, I, I thought, fourth and three from the 47 after inexplicably running the ball on third and six. Uh, you run the ball on third and six when you're going for it on fourth down. That's what you do. And then they get a fourth and three from the 47, plus 47 with like three minutes left in the second quarter in your punt. Like, I, I don't understand some of those decisions. But um, he said, hey, our defense is playing better than our offense, and we trusted our defense on the field, wanted to put them in good position, and, and that's what they did. Uh, but I, I would like to see them get more aggressive for sure. I think the writing was on the wall with the first the first possession. You get the ball back. You get the the defense hands you the ball. Hands you the ball at your opponent's 9-yard line and you end up with plus 1. You end up with a 3-yard run, an incomplete pass, a two, or a 2-yard loss and an incomplete pass and you have to settle for a field goal. I I mean you whether or not that the the line of you know the way that they he called it, the where he called the plays to be. You can't punch it in, and you have all that momentum right off the bat with the weapons that you have. I, well, they they didn't take a shot to the end. So they, uh, they had a third down, or excuse me, I'm trying to remember exactly the sequence, but I think they ran the ball, they ran the ball, threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and then threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage again. Right um, from inside the ten yard line, didn't go anywhere, kicked the field goal, but like. Let's not excuse anybody because I thought there was questionable coaching right there and, and certain other parts that I just pointed out. The offense has just been – it's been a disaster. Let's just tell it what it is. And then – but you also – you get that field goal. Yeah, you wanted a touchdown, but you get a field goal. And then the defense gets another stop. And then for whatever reason, Unique Ngakwe just throws Joe Burrow down. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I don't – like, it's all three phases are, are at fault. So, it, yep. yes, the offense has been the, the worst 
Like, they've been the worst. And the coaching staff has not been that much better. But, like, as much as the defense, I want to say, hey, they've been improved, they've been good, like, they did it too. Three different penalties on third downs where they stopped the, the opponent yesterday. You can't do that. There were timely penalties that made absolutely no sense and also ruined the efforts of the defensive unit. And that one in particular that Adam's talking about, I saw the reaction on Twitter, and it was ridiculous. It doesn't matter whether, like somebody said, no, well, he touched him, he didn't shove him. Look, when the arm is extended, it starts bent, and the elbow is straight out, that is called a push, a shove. And when it's two seconds after the ball leaves the quarterback's hands, you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, you don't have to call that. Like it's No, it's you're right. Line. You don't have to call it, but why would you give the – why don't you give the referee a chance to call it? You take and, and Yannick Ngakwe, to his credit, said, I took two full steps and then knocked him down. Right. They're going to call that, and that's my fault, which is it's true. Like You know they're going to call it. And the quarterback, Joe Burrow, threw the ball away. It's not like you were trying to impact his throw. He was throwing it away. He's yep. giving you the ball back. Let him give it to you back. Yep. And, and like it's, But it's all three phases, and I think they all work together. And I think you can even say, if you want to be, if you want to say how it all ties in, I think the defense is like, we can't just get a stop. We need to get a turnover and score ourselves because the offense can't do anything. So yeah. now I think you're putting too much pressure on yourself. But like, all those things build on each other. So all all the units are at fault. I don't think you can you can excuse anyone in this scenario. No. Defensive line, Quentin Jefferson, key defensive offsides. That was third, unreal on a third yeah. down. It's funny though. You Lines see it all. You see it all over the NFL, well. and you see it. Hell, on Friday night, you and I are watching San Diego State, a top twenty-five team, well coached. They're now six and zero. In games inside of eight points, and you're like, they don't make mistakes like that. They had a terrible game with penalties, and they had a couple of cases where guys were lined up offsides. And I, I don't understand how Jefferson can't look to his right and see that his helmet's over the friggin' ball. Um, now back to the back to the third down uh, play calling, and then lack of aggression on fourth. It's an organizational thing. Sure, like it hasn't changed. It wasn't just Gruden, because the numbers now going back to uh, what 2018 Raiders have 28 times that they've called a run on third and six or more they've converted seven times yeah and like you said if you run on third and six then you're going for it on fourth right it's just that's it and unless it's at your own 10 yard line the reason, know? but if yeah. it's somewhere between if it's you know somewhere north of your 40 you're 35 field. then you gotta go for it and, and it's just yeah. it's been it's what we talked about on the show and what i talk about all the time is the last couple of years it just seemed like they didn't trust Carr or they just want to play old school football and just play to the next possession. If we got a punt, we got a punt. There is no we got a punt. Stop with it, we got a punt. I you know, I first of all, I, I you know, somebody was asking me today, well, what kind of coach should they be hiring? Uh, and I said, I don't know, there'd be like two questions in my interview. Um, how much do you look at the, the analytics and the math of football? Uh, that'd be one. <laughs> And I would and give them like any, if there's any hemming and hawing, yeah. or hesitating, you're, you're off the list. If you use the word "gut" in the interview, yeah. you're fired. Like enough, fired. You're not. You're, you're, you're not moving on to the next process. <laughs> you're fired before Sorry. you're hired. <laughs> you're, you're, you're out. Just leave. We're not even paying for your flight home. Like that's silly. What are you doing? So, so I mean, God, Staley last night. Oh, you're just watching. You're like, why? Why is he? The, how did they get him? Why is he not the coach here? Why? Why are these? The younger minds, you know, not the not and, the and, and, But that said, he can be infuriating because then he goes old school when he is going forward on fourth and one from his own whatever it was, 36-yard line. Stop running between the tackles with Eckler. Yeah. You guys can't run up the middle. Try something else. Put in the, sure. the, the Eckler's awesome, but the best player on the team is Herbert. Throw a freaking pass. Or get Eckler outside. But anyway, you but you like the premise of you know – 
he's going for it on fourth yeah. and, and three or shorter anywhere outside of his own 35. He might, he might go for it, you know, outside, you know, in front of his own 30. I might, I might just be done with any coach over 45. Um, now you're going to be an agent. Well, like Sean Payton, I used to think was good. Sean Payton kicked a field goal down 14 yesterday with seven minutes left. <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? It, it, it's baffling. And the old mentality of football is so baffling to me. It's so insane. But, you, I mean, you hear fans say the same. Oh, you got to play it safe. Gotta, like, Battle of field position. It's not. And, and you got to run and stop the run. You don't. You don't. That's silly. But that, that's where you are. And, and I think that is kind of the mentality. Although I will say, I can't be specific about this because I don't know and I – I don't know how much I'm supposed to see or whatever. Like, you know, those, it's one of those weird things. There was a time yesterday in the game where there was some people in the organization high, higher up not happy with some of the decision-making going on. Um, yeah, what was going on? I saw a note that said, uh, did Mayock storm out of the – Oh, wait, it was out? Uh, well, yeah, well, one reporter put it out. Uh, okay. Joe Arrigo put it out. Oh, well. Um, Why, is it supposed to be a secret? Uh, uh, there, I don't know. Either way. What are the rules of the press box? You don't report yeah, stuff that it's, goes on it's, in the press box? It's weird. called etiquette. It's weird. Um, yeah, I will say the end of the first half, like getting conservative at the end of the first half, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? So do you know what Mayak did? No. Okay. But I, I'm not. No, I'm not. No. But I, there, I'm just, there's I'm just people not like, Just get, get, get on the elevator and storm downstairs. There's people not happy. There's and, people and, not And happy. run to the tunnel and go, stop. Let's go. <laughs> what do you, I wonder what he did. Me too. <laughs> but what what are the, I mean, you get the ball, first of all okay, and and we talk, we've talked about this because uh, somebody messed it up, and I, I wish I could remember who messed it up. At, in end of first half situations, first of all, be aggressive, go for it, pass the ball downfield. But if you don't, you do take a knee. Do not run the ball. UNLV messed it up, right? Yep. Yeah, UNLV did it. Either you take a knee and you say we're we're, we're submitting here, or you go. And you throw the ball downfield. The last thing you do is hand off on a play that's not going to get you a touchdown or a score and take the chance that you fumble because that is what happened with UNLV. Don't do that. Either either you completely submit or you get aggressive. There's no in-between. That's where you get really screwed up. And that's what that's what the Raiders did. Now, it didn't backfire necessarily on them. They just ran out the clock. But either go or down it. That's your only two choices. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson. Well, we came out flat. It was terrible. Um, there's no beating around it. I mean, it's just last couple weeks we just take turns, you know, and uh, just really out of sync right now, and it's not. It, no one's coming to save us, so we better figure it out. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. A lot of anti-car stuff last night and today on social media from fans. A lot of it's time to move on. We'll get to that in the 4 o'clock hour. We carry until 5 o'clock Monday Night Football tonight. Buccaneers play. I, I, can't, I cannot go on my rant for the seemingly seven freaking primetime games the Giants get. I can't do it again. I swear, I looked at the schedule. I'm like, damn it! Like, they're on primetime again? And believe me, if the Jets were on primetime as much as the Giants were, are, people would flip out. They're the same organization. They both suck. No one wants to watch them. Stop putting them in these spots, and I don't want to hear about the New York market. I don't care. It sucks. 
You know what sucks. This is more of a Giants-Jets thing than a Giants on national TV. No, thing. no, it's 100% a Giants on national TV thing. It goes back to when Ryan Rossillo, he's he was the one who really started on this about five years ago. He's like, how, how many times do we have to get this team? I don't want the I don't want the Jets on. I don't even know the Jets should be on TV each week. They should drop them from the package. Well, can we but not? The Giants are this. It is pathetic and maddening to watch this team in premium spots. Can we not? Can we just make a petition and never have the Raiders on primetime ever? Uh, only oh. because selfish. Like it's really it sucks. Well, the deadline. I, I get that, but but anyone anyone around the league would certainly put the Raiders. Maybe not based on yesterday, but put the Raiders ahead of the Giants. As a team that should be on well, prime time, I beat the Raiders. I'm guessing that the um, the petition for no longer including the Giants and Jets, Adam wouldn't have a problem if you extended it to Western New York and include the Bills. Although Actually, he was, although he was, so, he was very hilarious. He hilarious. Although he there's was, a rule on this show: we don't talk about the Bills. Because watch where the show goes. <laughs> he was very giddy yesterday eating of breakfast. <laughs> of course he was. Of course he was. I'm just saying. I mean, at one point he's had he had one good year. At what point are we like, well, he's a good quarterback for one year? Go ahead, Willie. <laughs> Speaking of food and concessions. Uh, uh, not yet. We're, uh, let's, let's stick with the Raiders here. All right, let's go. So on Carr and his words there. Is Carr conceding all of a sudden where he says nobody's coming to – at this point, is he sort of opening the door when he said – because I didn't get to go in there. I had to go over to Cincinnati's locker room. When he says nobody's coming to save us, blah, 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 I almost feel like maybe he's – the martyr is now turning into the – it's – I don't know. Is he sort of conceding? He knows what's coming? Do we start to get Camp Carr messages about getting out? Yeah. It's, always, mean, it's always good to leave a marriage, not get dumped on the marriage. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, Car when when Car's run in, in Las Vegas is over, he's done. Um, he he Sarcasm, will not play anywhere else. Yes, so. He said he will not play anywhere else. He, if he tra- if he's traded, he'll retire. Uh, he's not going anywhere else. So um, it's here or nothing for Derek Carr. We know that that's official. Um, I, listen, Carr says Carr does say the same thing. Carr does have a a way. And I thought, listen, I thought through the Henry Rugg situation through the Gruden situation, I thought Derek Carr was as genuine and real as we've ever seen him. Um, when it comes to actual performances on the field and talking about them, oftentimes he does this, which is, hey, we're facing a lot of adversity. Nobody's going to save it. we got to save ourselves. Like, okay, we know that. You don't have to say it. Like, you're, you're saying it without saying it. And oftentimes I think what, is, what has been said from Camp Carr is Derek doesn't make those excuses. He says, hey, there's excuses, but we're not going to – yeah, right. yes, but he's making the excuses by doing that. Like, I, And and listen, I, this Wait is – are, they, are they excuses or facts? And, and I was just going to get to that. I, I will say I would I would make a case right now to you that in – like Derek Carr has had what – he's had, and I was just referencing, hey, Josh Allen had one good year and three pretty poor years. Um, Derek Carr had one unbelievable season where he was great, and the team was very good, and then he got hurt, which is really unfortunate. If you look at every other season he's been here, I would, I would, I think I'll make the case to you that there are valid reasons why they weren't successful in those seasons every single year. Taken as individual seasons, I think legitimate, not excuses, I think legitimate reasons 
why things didn't work out. And I, I would take Derek Carr's side in almost every single one of those seasons. How about this year? Absolutely. You have to, right? Of course. He lost a weapon that had changed the offense from a production and threat standpoint. Lost his coach lost and his play his number caller. one supporter. Yep, he lost his number one supporter. And honestly, what they did with the offensive line, it ain't working. Right. So they, 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 they were walking a razor-thin line by changing up the offensive line, which meant that Incognito had to stay healthy, that your new – uh, right side in some form or fashion would be good and stay healthy. That hasn't happened. So he has been dealt a crappy hand. And there's a lot of times, like, I don't know what he's supposed to say after games. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, I almost don't put any of this season on him at all. But the caveat to all of that of saying, taking individually all seven of those seasons that weren't great would absolutely take his side and say not on him. But there's only been one common denominator over those eight seasons. Different GM, different coach, different players, different line. Everyone's turned over, different organization. Everything has been different. He's the only common denominator. It hasn't worked. Yeah. And the, the other thing he, that he has to take ownership of and he can't defend are the fumbles. Yeah. Yes. And turnovers. And I mean, they are bizarro fumbles at times. Yeah. And yeah. it does seem when they get kind of behind the eight ball, he's not the guy that's going to, you know, bail them out. Like he needs kind of – he needs like the, the perfect circumstance to succeed a lot of times. Um, and listen, when when things break down, you see players all around the league, who then you know quarterbacks around the league that make something out of it. And he really hasn't at times. Like he hasn't been a guy that can make something out of nothing very often. I saw Rich Gannon in a little uh, Twitter action was raving about Herbert. You know Herbert last night when things broke down, he ran right. He's a danger. You got to have someone on him. He had ninety yards rushing. And Rich Gannon was going back and forth with someone and basically suggested Derek Carr needs to do more of that. Well, I don't know that he's capable. And, and, well, and I think can, Herbert. Can, that, okay, say that again. I don't know that he's capable of and being that guy. And I just mentioned fumbling. Sure. Yeah. Do, you, do you want him now, you know, putting on his, yeah. his track shoes and, I think and what getting you, out there as a running back? And I think what you saw from Herbert is what people haven't seen from Carr. Herbert has struggled throwing the ball for a little over a month now. He hasn't been good. And so what did he do? Hey, I need to figure out a different way. I need to make plays. I need to do something. If I'm not going to be accurate – if I'm not going to throw the ball well, I need to figure out a way to move the team down the field. And when he did that, it opened up things for everybody else. It opened up a little bit of Eckler in the passing game, a little bit of the run game. Like, it opened up things for everybody else, and Card hasn't necessarily shown that ability. And to go back to if it's it's not necessarily his fault, when you look at are these three individuals capable of running this team that being Rich Basaccia, Greg Olson, and Gus Bradley, because in my opinion, I don't think that Rich Basaccia is in charge. He is, by title, the interim head coach, but he is not making all the decisions. He's most certainly relying on Greg Olson, Gus Bradley. Um, Bradley, I would think, has the, the most and probably best head coaching experience, but between the three of them, it's it's somewhat of a – and I'm not saying there's dissension among the three, but if you can't grab hold of this and, and, and be in charge and be the leader, then it's going to have a trickle down, and your leader on the field, it's going to have an effect. Oh, if I, so, if, But if I was Gus Bradley, I'd be furious at everybody else right now. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think the defensive breakdowns are a lot because they were on the field, what, 40 minutes yesterday? I'd be furious about Kansas that. against Kansas City. And, well, against Kansas City, I'd, I'll, I'll pin a lot on Gus Bradley, I thought. Well, Gus Bradley and the drafting of Jonathan Abram. I think I'll put both those. But uh, they were on the field. Right, but they were on the field a lot, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Gus Bradley is probably, if, if he was to speak openly and privately about it, 
would be like, what like are we, we doing? can't stop yeah. teams that have the ball for 40 minutes. Right. No team, no defense in the history of football can do that. And it's funny because they said somebody asked uh, Joe Burrow, you know, you you were having trouble with the rushing game in the in the in the first half, and you know, and then Mixon got it going. He goes, well, yeah, we wore the defense down and. It's, it's pretty simple. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty much widespread across the NFL. But basically, we, you know, we took our time, wore them down in the second half. They just retired. I mean, he basically said that. I mean, in so many words. So, and that's what's taking place. And so, uh, yeah, for sure. But I, I will, I will turn this. You said you weren't in there. I, I don't know if, if Steve, you got to take to take a look at this. Are you with the dinner reservation conspiracy theory? Have you have you seen the fans discussing this? which is Derek Carr, during his presser, one of the things he said was, we have two choices right now. We have a game on Thursday. We can either leave this stadium right now, start watching film and preparing for the Dallas Cowboys and get ready to play, or we could go, you know, enjoy a night out on the strip and have our late-night dinner reservations and, you know, and then, you know, think about something else. And Denzel Perriman was – up in a couple a couple minutes after car walks into the presser and he goes all right what do you guys got for me i have dinner reservations and then he mentioned dinner reservations three times during his oh wow i do not think they were related i'm bringing this up just because like these are the kind of things that start circulating i don't think they're related i think denzel perriman was just was saying hey i'm gonna answer your questions but i'm getting the heck out of here I don't even think he really had dinner reservations, to be honest with you. I think he was just like, I I'm, I don't want to answer questions for 20 minutes. Um, but it was interesting, and it was something that a lot of people pointed out and said, Derek Carr has lost the locker room. Guys are just mocking him openly now. I don't think that's the case. But I, but like, I do think like those are the kind of things that are out there, and when the team starts to go in this direction – these are the things that people start to speculate about and talk about. I don't think that Derek Carr has lost the locker room. I think that the season has lost the locker room. I think that I think that they're just they're in there. And at this point, I think that the I think the whole those first two games with Passaccia in charge, I think that's gone. It's out the window. And I think that bye week had something. To, and now they've come. And I just think that they're all they're probably in there going. It's it's the same mentality whether it's whether they do have dinner reservations or not. The bottom line is is you're on a short week. The talk shouldn't even be snarky in that. It should be we have to the same thing we heard maybe after that first loss out of the bye. You know we have to get back into. We got to get to the film. We got to study. But the fact that there's snarkiness coming, it's it's what? very apparent that there. I would almost venture to say that they're mailing it in for Thursday. Hmm. Wow. Well, I mean Dallas has nobody playing so. It'll be interesting to watch how that plays out. I, I will say Derek Carr did. And yet they're still favored. Derek Carr did something. And I, I don't want to be piling on Derek Carr because, like I said, I think a lot of this year he handled very, very well. I just don't think he handles losses very well. And I think he absolutely pays way too much attention to what we say, what we write, yeah, what we do. And yeah. we've t- we talked about that forever. And one of the things that really got me yesterday, um, if anybody was paying attention last week to all the press conferences, Everyone that's in the media room, myself, Willie, the athletic, the son, like everybody that's in there all wrote the same story about they need to get Darren, Darren Waller involved. Like what is going on? Throw the ball to Darren Waller. And they did yesterday. They didn't throw it to anybody else. And when after the game when Derek Carr was asked why the wide receivers as a, as a group 
the entire group of wide receivers yesterday in a game they were trailing got six targets. Six. And his answer was, well, I got Darren involved. I checked that box for you guys. Like, you don't need to be worrying about what we're saying and what we're writing. You don't. And, like, it, like I think I'm glad he does. I'm glad everyone reads us. But you don't need that. Like, what good does that do? None. 364-1100, We got Foo Fighter tickets, Foo Fighters rock and roll show at Park MGM. You can get your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Call her 7364-1100. These are nearly sold-out shows. These are unreal tickets. December 2nd. Park MGM, Foo Fighters, Rock and Roll Show. Caller 7-364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Bryce working on the much bigger poto. Double clutch shot, back iron, no good. Put back by Keyshawn Gilbert is good. Five seconds to go, and the Rebels have a one-point lead. Timeout called by Wichita State. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Adam Hill sitting in, Willie Ramirez, Cofield, Twin Peaks, Monday Night Football coming up. You can watch the Buccaneers tonight. Come on down. Big beers under 4 bucks. Select appetizers, 2 4 and $6. Adam Hill was at the basketball game last night, the run Rebels game last night. That was John Sandler down the stretch as the Rebels got a uh, Johnny on the spot. Good tip in from the freshman. Keyshawn Gilbert, and then things unraveled in the final seconds. A lot of people want to blame the officials. What do you think? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's not that game last night. I believe officials decide almost every close game in every sport ever exists that has ever existed. Um, that's what happens. Now, I listen, they were bad throughout the evening. I know a lot of people said it was one-sided. I don't necessarily know if that was the case. I thought they were just bad all around. I will say... The charge was called on Williams. This is this is strong because I watch a lot of college basketball and there's bad calls all the time. May have been one of the worst calls in NCAA basketball history. I have I don't know that I've ever seen an offensive player get around a defensive player, make contact on the hip as he goes around and get a charge call. I don't know that yeah, I've ever seen I, I don't know if officials will accept this, but I, I also I think you have to consider body types. There's <laughs> no way a two hundred and sixty pound center is going to fall to the floor based on contact from a guy who weighs 190 pounds like that. <laughs> right. Like that. Right. Like he was shot. Uh, but, you know, there was there were a lot of – it was it was just inconsistent throughout. There were some – there were a couple of handoff offensive fouls that were called I, on I UNLV. I thought those were fouls. Um, well, you know, they're, they're calling – they'll call stuff like that, and then there's a lot more contact on other plays, and they're not calling it there. And that's why Kevin Kruger was so mad about the Jordan McCabe uh, trying to fight through a pick, and a lot of people thought that the best player for Wichita – uh, Tyson HN actually pushed McCabe into the guy yeah. setting the pick. Um, and then th- the last two plays, I actually didn't have a giant problem with. Oh, because, I do. Um, I think Gilbert's got to back off and give him a little bit of room. And I thought Josh Baker, I didn't like what Josh Baker did when he caught the ball because he immediately went to the side. And if he was going to the side to the three-point line, then you have to be looking back. Rice Ham was free in the middle of the floor. You're kind of taking yourself out of the play, and he's the one who put up his left arm to create contact, and then he's the one who bounced off the guy and fell to the floor. Well, no, I don't. Th- I don't even think there was any contact. I-, I think he, what, not up top. I mean, there may have been a-, a little bit. To me, what it was on that play, and I'm totally cool with a no call, as long as you don't call someone on the other end. Now, when 
when he starts to go, the it looked like the defender, as he's trying to get back in, kicked the back of his foot, and then he slipped. So he slipped on the – you could say, hey, he slipped. He slipped because he got his foot kicked. I will say this. I see that happen a thousand times a year. It's called a foul a thousand times a year. And I guess now we have to say 999 times a year because right. it, it wasn't called in that case. I'm, I'm cool with it not being a foul as long as you don't call it on the other end. The only two options the referees have, and, and that's in those two plays at the end of a game, they're both fouls or neither is a foul. That's your only two options as a referee. The, uh, the Wichita kid who got the free throws, Tyson Etienne, actually said he was surprised he made the call. He was also saying in, it was in, Vegas. in Vegas, but right. if you looked around the crowd, did it matter that it was no. in Vegas? <laughs> no. Which, by the um, way, do you want to make a comment on that? Yeah, I mean, if you live in Wichita, wouldn't you flock to Vegas? There were 700 people from Wichita. Yeah. How many were from the UNLV side? Like 600. I got to tell you, folks, I'm not one to come on the air and complain about attendance or showing up to games, but if you're going to complain all during the non-con beginning of the season about the VAX policy at Thomas and Mac, it's a free-for-all at T-Mobile. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, and then no one showed up. So now what is it? It's too pricey or it's too late. Too there's, a, there's, a, there's always some excuse. Parking's too expensive. Um, and I, it, I, I guess. If it's money, like I said, I've said before, if it's money, hey, that's, that's your reason, that's fine. I, I'm not, I'm not going to criticize people that can't afford to go to a game. But if you're making the decision, like, I just don't want to go because this or that or whatever reason, and, and, and we've heard it. How many people have said, eh, it's a VAX policy at, at Thomas and Mac? Okay. okay. Then go to T-Mobile. Hey, you got, you got games at T-Mobile and you got games coming up at Mandalay. Yeah. It, Are people going to show up? Probably not. It's all just excuses. But but going back to the end of the game, again, I think there was bad calls the entire game. I thought it was bad. You can't, like, what is what is the one thing we hear about officials all the time? They can't be the ones to decide the game. Isn't that what people ask for from officials? Like, yeah. just stay up, don't, don't decide the game. The officials decided the game. They made a call on one end, not the other end. That's deciding a game. And, and, and yes, I know what Kevin Kruger would say and what you might say is, well, you could have made plays earlier. No. We have five seconds left in a one-point game, and you're going to say we're going to give that team free throws and not that team free throws when there's similar incidental contact on both sides. And also, uh, you mentioned, and I, I had this discussion with Michael Moloff there. I'm, I'm, I hope he's okay with me uh, saying it. He was saying, hey, it's a, it's a foul on Gilbert. He, he got in the way. Um, I, I want to see better views. I've only seen two angles of it. I don't know that there was ever contact with the body. Now, uh, Gilbert is trying to block his progress down the court. And ATN gets his elbow into Gilbert's chest. I don't know that his body ever got there. I think it was just el- uh, dribbler elbow, uh, dribbler forearm to Gilbert body. That is not a foul. It's not. And so again, it's no. It's no. Fa- I have no problem with no no foul there. I have no problem with no foul on the other end. I have no problem with calling a foul on Gilbert if you want to say he got in the way. But then you have to call a foul on the other end. You, the only thing as an official you can't do is decide one one side and not the other. That's the literally the only thing you can't do in that situation. And that's what they did. And so that's why that's a huge problem. Ice cold 29 degree beer for under $4 and cheap appetizers all game long. Get down here to Twin Peaks.